Welcome back to our episode of the Great Compromise podcast. And this is not just any episode. This is our 20th episode. Woo! So we're not slowing down anytime soon. Thank you for everyone who's been listening and continue to share as we continue to grow. Today, we're talking about Florida's parental rights and education law, which is commonly referred to as the Don't Say Gay Law. I'm going to let Jim start us off today. First, we should talk about what is actually in the law. There are a few different pieces to go over, but they all involve parental rights and involvement. First, the law requires that the schools notify a student's parent if there's a change in services or monitoring related to the student's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being. In fact, the only scenario where they can withhold that information from parents is if there is a reasonable belief that disclosure would subject the student to abuse, abandonment, or neglect. Now, to the controversial part. The law prohibits classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten through grade 3, or in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. But it doesn't end there. The school district must notify parents of all health care services offered, and give them a chance to consent or decline them. Now to the enforcement of the law. If any of these things are not followed, parents can file a complaint with the school. The school then has 30 days to resolve the issue. If they do not, parents can effectively sue the school for damages. So most of the focus on this law has been on two things. Prohibiting classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity in K through grade 3, and parents being able to sue the school for doing so. I don't personally consider the rest of the bill to be controversial, and I assume we'll be focusing on the controversial parts this episode. I am not entirely in support of this law, but I do think parents should have more say in involvement with their children's education, which is why I also support school vouchers. I believe that a sexual education curriculum of any kind does not have a place in the classroom of kindergartners through third graders. There is no reason to be having those discussions in the classroom with five-year-olds. There is absolutely no justification for it. So in that regard, I support this law. But, and this is a big but, I truly hate the way they are choosing to enforce this. Allowing parents to sue the school anytime they feel this law has been broken is not the right way to handle it. Ever since Texas passed their law against abortion that was enforced by lawsuits, Other states felt they could do the same thing. And I hate it. It's just not right. Public schools are already underfunded as it is, and now they have to start paying legal fees if a teacher misspeaks. I don't agree with that portion at all. But the rest, I do. Children that young have no concept of sex, and we need to keep it that way. A study from Georgetown University says that children should start receiving formal instruction about sexual health as early as age 10. And I agree. Before then, it is the responsibility of both the parents and school to keep the child innocent from these adult concepts, but it should ultimately be up to the parents to decide when their child is ready. All right, there was nothing wrong with how things were being handled before. This law does not fix a problem. There was nothing to fix. 
Florida Education Association, the state's teachers union, states that the elementary school teachers in Florida were not teaching coursework on sexuality to begin with. Sex education has been banned in Florida, as in many other states, until the fifth grade. So this law addressed a problem that didn't exist for Florida students below the fifth grade. The concern is that there's a political wedge being created. This law wasn't made to protect children, it's instead stigmatizing gender exploration, which is, and has always been, a normal part of a child's development. If a child is assigned female at birth and identifies as female, it's okay for that child to explore things that may be considered more gender stereotypical for boys. That's normal exploration, and it needs to be okay to talk about. Personally, I can confirm this. I know a little girl who, when she was four, paid close attention to the women in her life. She was always asking questions like, how does a girl do this? What does a girl do when this happens? At just four years old, she was very clued into gender, and she wanted to make sure that she understood what being a girl was and what it was supposed to look like. So, of course, plenty of discussions followed of girls can do a variety of things. There's not a box that you're supposed to be fitting into. Some girls wear makeup, others don't. It was a constant conversation that we had. She was just fascinated by it. So to expect that kids kindergarten to third grade have no concept or concern over gender is not only inaccurate, it's unhelpful. I don't like this law. I feel that it can impact children's mental health. Pediatric psychologists have expressed concern that this law stigmatizes gay or transgender kids and could harm their mental health. These are people that are more likely to face bullying and attempt suicide than children who are cisgender or straight. So the encouragement of making this already taboo subject and now a legal conversation is super dangerous. Children have multiple moms and dads, are LGBTQ plus themselves. They're not gonna experience acceptance in Florida. This law makes their experience invisible and taboo, which is harmful and unsafe for all kids. We want to create places where kids can speak openly, ask questions, and be curious. This law creates an unsafe environment for children in LGBTQ families. Transgender people already face greater rates of psychological distress than the general U.S. population. The National Center for Transgender Equality had a 2015 transgender survey. It found that 40% of transgender respondents had attempted suicide. This is nine times higher than the rate of the general population. Natasha Polopoulos, which I'm sorry if I butchered that, is a pediatric psychologist in Miami, and she's been really outspoken on the impacts of this law on children's mental health. She had an interview with The Guardian, and in it, she says, we have governors that have no education or basis or expertise in child mental health that impose such laws that are going to have horrendous impacts on kids. To prevent shame, child psychologists say that it's important for children to see themselves and their families represented in stories. For elementary school students, Natasha says this could mean using very simple language, like families look diverse. Some families only have one parent, some families have a grandparent and a mom and a dad. The simple language is by no means sexualizing children. It's simply explaining the concepts of family structure, of sexual orientation and gender identity in a very developmentally appropriate way. See, kids will see same-sex couples in public. 
they're going to see two men holding hands and they're going to have questions. That's their nature. That's not bad. If parents think that it's not appropriate to explain this, then the other option is just not discussing things openly. And that's not a healthy way to raise a curious child. We have kids that are more likely to think they have to hide this part of themselves if it can't be talked about. What else will they need to hide? They're not going to have any kind of openness, and if something can't be discussed in school, then it stands to reason that they feel like they can't talk about it at home either. And that's just not the environment that we want for kids. Thank you, V. There's a lot to go over here. So let's just start with your first point. There wasn't a need for this bill because it's not a problem that needs to be addressed, right? They weren't getting sex ed or anything like that in the first place. It's, mm-hmm. You can't have any sex ed classes below fifth grade. So it's not like there was some kind of sexual education going on for a inappropriate age group. Okay. So, I mean, first and foremost, if it's not happening, then you shouldn't have a problem with it being outlawed anyways, right? I think open discussion about gender, what does gender look like, how do you behave according to gender, all of that stuff is normal. It's not scandalous to have those conversations. It's strange that we're outlawing it in Florida. Okay. So you're saying it's not happening, but then you're saying it's weird that we're outlawing it because it should be happening. No. What I'm saying is that the argument is that this is inappropriate sexual context, Mm -hmm. right? But it's not taking place in a sex ed context. It's just like a gender conversation. That's not like inappropriate for age, right? Like the argument is that this is too disrupt innocence and these people are teaching young kids stuff that they shouldn't even be aware of. Like, at a very young age, you're aware that you're a girl and your brother is a boy. Like, that's not icky to talk about. It's weird that it's being approached in this, like, format. Well, the basics isn't what's being outlawed, right? And not that that should really be a discussion with a teacher. It should be more of a discussion with a parent, I think, is the overall logic here, right? want to keep that out of schools, and then you can address that at home. Why take it out of schools? What's wrong with talking about it in the first place? It's just not the place for it. It's just not the place. I'm a girl, and I can't talk to my teacher about being a girl? That's not the place for it? Basic That's conversation not... about I'm a girl. What are, you, what are you learning from your teacher about it? Okay, let's say I'm a kindergarten student, and my teacher wears a lot of jewelry, and I want to know if I should wear a lot of jewelry when I grow up. Is that normal? Like, am I going to be the type of grown adult woman that wears red lipstick every day, just like my kindergarten teacher? Like, kids model after the adults they see, and they have a lot of questions. My mom doesn't wear red lipstick, but you do. What does that mean? Okay, so if we're talking about what's in the law, that is not exactly what the law says, right? It says it prohibits classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity in K through 3 and a manner in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students, right? So classroom instruction. It's not saying children can't ask questions, what it's saying is the teacher can't include it in their curriculum. It is not allowed in the curriculum. 
And so maybe it didn't exist in Florida before, but it seems like Florida's getting ahead of it because I just saw this story about New Jersey. New Jersey first graders to learn about gender identity and new sex ed lessons. Do you think that is acceptable to be a part of the first grade curriculum for those kids to learn about? To learn about gender identity? In their new sex ed lessons in first grade. I don't see a problem with it. You don't see a problem? No, because I'm not going to confuse a child by talking about gender identity. That's not something that you can change. That's something that someone is born with. So what's the harm in just talking about it and normalizing that sometimes people are confused about, like, the way they're born and the way they feel? Children this young should have no concept about sex at all, and they have no understanding what gender is. In fact, generally speaking, young children being sexual is a sign that they're being abused. So why do we want to encourage this behavior when we should be helping these children instead? It just doesn't make sense to me that we would even allow it to be a part of the school's curriculum at all. Let the parents talk to them about it. Children can ask questions, but it shouldn't be a part of the school's curriculum. And that's what this law is, and that's the part I agree with. Okay, let's let's talk about definitions. Okay. Children this young shouldn't have any concept about sex. Are you talking gender, male and female, or, like, sexual intercourse? Uh, intercourse, yes. I agree with you. Okay. Okay. Are we talking about sex with children or gender? It's both, right? That... This law says you can't have have both in K through 3. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with gender, right? Talking about male, female, um, transgender, or even, like, the diverse family sets and normalizing that, that's not sexual, that's not age-inappropriate, that's not, that's not unhealthy, Kids are going to have questions about all kinds of things, and I think that the way the adults in their lives answer it is really important, right? The way that you approach a question as like, I understand you're curious about that. Okay, let's talk about it, is way more important than you're too young. We can't discuss it. That's not available to you. Like, that's shrouding things in, like, shame and secrecy, and that's where things get really unhealthy, right? If a kid feels that, let's bring it back to, like, sex and child abuse, if a kid feels that someone is saying something that makes them uncomfortable, they should be free to discuss it, not afraid that they're going to get in trouble for bringing it up, right? That's where misconduct takes place. That's where danger takes place. So bringing it back to transgender individuals and the high suicide rates, like, not discussing stuff and making it taboo and kind of relating it to something being wrong or off the table is dangerous. And I don't think that's an environment that we want to create, which is what this law is doing. Look, in general, I agree with you. I just don't think kindergartners and through third grade, I don't think they it should be taught in school for those age groups. After that, absolutely. I agree with I agree 100% with what you're saying. You're right. It's just when you're that young, they have no concept of this stuff and it should not be a part of the curriculum. If they want to talk about it, they can talk to their parents and their parents can decide what's appropriate for them to discuss. 
they have concept of it. They have so much awareness. Kids are sponges and they want to know, you know, why both of their parents work, why one parent doesn't work, like all the gender roles, all the different ways that people dress and the toys that some kids have that they don't have, like all of that turns into curiosity around like, is it because you have an older brother or I have a younger sister? Like that's just fascinating to them. They have tons of awareness. It should be an open conversation. I just don't feel like age has anything to do with that, right? Like Talk about it in schools, sure. Don't don't make it wrong or shameful to be curious about that at any age. Age has everything to do with it. It's about what's developmentally appropriate for these children. You can have a age-appropriate conversation about gender, and what's wrong with that? Okay, a five-year-old comes up to you and says, I'm a boy, but I feel like a girl. What What is an age-appropriate discussion to have with a five-year-old who, frankly, has no concept of what being a boy is or being a girl is or being transgender is? They have no concept of any of that stuff. What is an appropriate conversation to have with a five-year-old? I would probably ask them what a girl even feels like. What does that mean to you? I'm not going to tell them how to feel. I'm going to open up that conversation and ask them more about what they're feeling. Okay. What this law is saying is that you can't tell the kids how to feel, right? You can't you can't bake it into the curriculum. I, I just don't want them to be having these conversations in school where it's not appropriate. If you if they want to be having it, they need to talk to their parents. Okay, let's That's get, what I'm saying. Let's get less vague. What's an inappropriate conversation at that age? Like what are you trying to prevent here? Give me an example. Children that young don't have any concept of sex, and so they can't possibly have any concept of if they are gay or straight or something else. they It's just not something they are able to comprehend at that age. And that goes for their gender as well. I mean, being or knowing that you're transgender takes some people a lifetime, but it should at least be a longer process of after, you know, you go through puberty, you're an adult. And it's not something that I just I just do not find it appropriate to be discussed in a classroom setting. Give me an example of it's, what that discussion would be. That's so wrong. I don't it's anything any kind of sexual conversation with a child that is not your own feels wrong to me, right? You're having you're a teacher and you're you're discussing what being straight is. Okay? And you're saying being straight is when a man and a woman love each other and have babies or whatever it is. And then the kids are like, "Well, what what is involved in being straight? What makes it straight? Is it just holding hands? Is it how in depth does this conversation get with five year olds? I think the way that it would be approached with five year olds is more that families look different. Some people have two moms. Some people have a mom and a dad and a stepmom. Some people have um, just their mom and their grandma, right? Like picture book level family sets. You know, it's not being straight is this and if you are married then you do more than hold hands like that's not a conversation that i think anyone is having with a five-year-old in a school well that's what i'm saying they shouldn't be this law is creating fear that something is happening that i don't believe is it's more that children should be able to talk about 
I went over to a friend's house and they have two moms. I'm curious what that means. I don't have two moms, right? Like, we're not, we shouldn't be unallowed to have those simple conversations. And that's fine. And having those conversations with your parent, with your own child is one thing. But when uh, an adult is having these kinds of conversations with a child that is not their own, it makes me uncomfortable. Okay. Do you think that there's any um, correlation with what's not allowed to be discussed in school, what is against the law, and how a parent would feel having that conversation with their own kid? Is there any correlation? Yeah. Like, do you think there's a chance that talking about gender and transgender and these different family lifestyles is out loud in a school and now parents start to overthink it and think, okay, maybe I just can't ever talk to my kid about that until they're like a teenager. And then conversations just become taboo. I don't know. I, I'd hope not. I hope the fact that they don't talk about it in K through three, well, I mean, they shouldn't anyways at that age, but it should be more on the parents right it should be the it should become the parents responsibility which it should have been to begin with to have these conversations they shouldn't be relying on the schools it is the parents responsibility to be teaching their children about these things and just to be clear this isn't just outlawing talk about being gay or being trans it's it's all gay or straight right Mm -hmm. and so I don't think it's fair to call this the don't say gay bill. That doesn't even really apply here. It does. It does because minority is being gay or transgender. Mm -hmm. And so minority conversations are less typical because you see the average stereotype, stereotype all the time, right? It's more about normalizing what's different instead of making people feel outcast and othered and wrong. So not having that conversation at a young age is just starting out on the wrong foot. If you don't know how to handle it or you feel uncomfortable that it shouldn't be a conversation in the first place, I feel like kids observe everything and they're going to understand that you're uncomfortable and that maybe they shouldn't have brought it up and they're embarrassed. And, like, I, I can see this spinning out of control with something that wasn't a problem to begin with, right? Like, it's not a problem to be having those conversations in schools, but now all of a sudden parents have this idea that they can sue the school for it, and then if it was a lawsuit that got paid out, then other parents start to overthink it and teachers start to overthink it, and why is this a problem in the first place? It's not, I don't believe that this is sexual or disgusting or dangerous or unsafe but why is it that these conversations can't start at grade four or five when the children are more developmentally ready to understand and hear these things it's the act of outlawing something and saying that discussing it is completely wrong then it just turns into like this big gap when it's finally okay those feelings are still gonna stand right like if i told you we can never talk about this until this exact time. It doesn't become a really heavy conversation all of a sudden when it didn't have to be at all. Maybe, maybe not. Stuff gets really charged when it's off the table. 
if it's always allowed to be discussed and you can always come to me with any questions you have, then everything is just safe instead of overthink it, be concerned about it, stressed about it, and then finally when it's time we'll have this big conversation. It should be a series of small conversations. And, okay, I, I understand that. And so this law doesn't say you can't do that. What this law says is that it can't be a part of the curriculum, right? A, a curious child asking a question is different than, okay, class, this week's lesson is on X, Y, Z. Those are two different things. And so that is what is outlawed, not a child asking a question. How is that determined when this law is enforced by private lawsuits? Well, again, that's where you and I agree. I hate how this law is enforced, and it shouldn't have passed at all in the state that is in, because it's just, it's ridiculous. These lawsuits enforcing laws, it's just absurd, and we shouldn't be doing this in any form. Yeah, we really shouldn't. So in that regard, we agree. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the 20th episode of The Great Compromise. We do really appreciate you listening. And we would also appreciate, you know, following on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and find us on YouTube. And uh, stay tuned for the next episode.